Hello friends, brothers and sisters. I hope that all of you have been doing well and that the Lord Jesus has been revealing Himself to you, drawing you to Himself in a very personal way, and that you have begun to hear His voice and to respond to it by following after Him as a sheep to its shepherd. He is the Good Shepherd. I was in church one evening this week and someone said something to me which troubled and hurt me. They probably didn't mean it to affect me the way it did, but it was something which didn't need to be said. It bothered me to the point that I walked out of the room we were in and into the hallway. When I did, I was met by one of my brothers in the Lord who happened to be there already for another purpose, God's providence and perfect timing. We spoke for a few minutes, he kindly and attentively listening as I unburdened my heart. Previously, I didn't know him particularly well but now I am very grateful to him. On another evening since then, we came across each other again and, this time, in better moods. He proceeded to share a joke with me. After a few seconds of separating from one another, I immediately realized that it was one which Christians shouldn't find funny and that we shouldn't be sharing with each other, or anybody else for that matter. It wasn't long but managed to tell of someone who broke two of the Ten Commandments. We all have our faults and areas which beg for sanctification, I am well aware of several of my own, but this situation came back to my mind a couple of times, especially this morning in my private and expectant time with my Heavenly Father. As I thought about how to approach my brother about this in a gracious and loving way, the phrase from Scripture that the Great Revelator, Holy Spirit, reminded me of was Am I my brother's keeper? Found in Genesis 4-9. I already know that yes, I am. Yes, we are. The Bible instructs us that if we truly love each other, we will not allow each other to continue in sin, nor should they ignore our sin. Sin is what separates us from Almighty God, so we are instructed to help keep each other in line with the Lord's will for ourselves in all areas. I did a little research from various biblical resources the Father has blessed me with over the years and found that the word which is translated as keeper in that verse is best described or understood to mean protector. In other words, Cain was responding to God's rhetorical question this way, am I supposed to help protect my brother? The implied answer is a resounding yes. And, in that case, Cain absolutely did not, just the opposite. As I continued to read from Genesis chapter 4, I began to see just how spiritually diverse and rich verses 8 to 25 are. There are several truths to be explored and expounded upon, and many lessons to be learned, in this section of godly text. It would provide a month or more of good preaching to a devoted pastor, and a wealth of healthy pasture for an eager flock. Obviously, it would take way too long to do that here, but let's touch on some things the Lord wants us to feed and ruminate on. Then, as one or more of these becomes personal for us as individuals, and as Holy Spirit speaks directly to each one of us, He is a very personal God, we can seek the Lord in prayer and in His Word additionally, to learn what He is wanting to do in and through our lives, minds and hearts. The context leading up to the Lord's exchange with Cain is found in verses 1-7. It tells us that Adam and Eve, after having been driven out of Eden due to their sins of disobeying God and obeying Satan, although they were not consciously aware that's what they were, in fact, doing, bore Cain and Abel. The latter was a shepherd and the former a gardener-slash-farmer, he worked the ground to produce crops for food. When both sons brought offerings to the father out of what they had received, the Bible tells us that Abel brought an acceptable offering to the Lord, the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. This is one of the reasons we give our tithe to the Lord before we pay our bills or spend money for ourselves. It is a reminder that everything we have comes from Him and that He deserves the first and the best. Nothing less for the King of the universe, however, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. It does not say the first or the best of what was produced, suggesting that Abel's gift was out of faith, obedience, love and gratitude, while his brother's was merely a secondary thought and done out of obligation. On your birthday, would you rather receive a gift that someone put thought into and was glad to give, 
or one that was clearly and merely done more out of a sense of obligation or even compulsion. Because Cain's offering was given out of a wrong motive, see 1 Samuel 16:7. it was unacceptable to God. Cain then became jealous of his brother, which led to anger. It was this anger in his heart that provoked him to murder his own brother. Can you imagine murdering someone else simply because he or she did something right and you chose to do wrong? Or for some other petty reason. Yet that is precisely what we see and hear of virtually every day. Students commit school shootings over such instigators as Facebook posts. Another is shot and murdered because of someone's bad or careless driving on the highway. Others murder their unborn babies because they disregard God's perfect and safe statute about only having sex within the holy context of a committed marriage between one man and one woman and, when the couple finds out they are pregnant, they murder because the child is viewed as an inconvenience to them. This is the reason our Lord Jesus Christ warned us in Matthew 5:22. but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The father goes on to tell Cain that because of his sin, the ground-slash-earth-slash-soil that he works will no longer yield crops for him. The Lord says he will now be a wanderer on the earth. Cain replies that he cannot bear this punishment and that, because of his sin, he will be hidden from God's face. Further, Cain was sent away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod east of Eden. It is the same for us. We are brought into the world already having a sinful nature, Psalm 51 5, and, as such, are living away from the presence of the Lord. In retrospect, it is most assuredly one of the reasons that Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to God. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb presented as an offering on our behalf for the forgiveness of sins. Though Abel could not have possibly been aware of the significance and foreshadowing of his actions that day, I am now convinced his offering of the firstborn of his flock, see also Exodus 11:5, Romans 8:29, Colossians 1:15 ff, was pleasing to God because of his heart and because of the spiritual meaningfulness. I bet you, figuratively 100% that Abel's gift was a lamb. I see that now. Another sermon in the making is alluded to in verses 23-24. They say, Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, Hear my voice, you wives of Lamech, listen to what I say, I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. Lamech was a son of Cain. Now, please understand that just because your father or mother has a propensity towards a certain sin, does not mean you will automatically do it. You are your own person and you have your own free will. You can and do make your own choices and you are responsible for them. But just as we can choose to follow others' good examples, as Christians strive to follow the perfect example taught and lived out by the Lord Jesus Christ, we can also be unduly influenced by others' misleading and wrong examples. If you are brought up from a young age under someone's continual bad example, their words and actions can have a severe and lasting sway over your thoughts, words and actions. But you don't have to emulate that. Again, you are your own person with your own responsibility and accountability before God. Further, another reason to surrender your sinful lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is that you receive the grace, authority and power you need from Him to be set free from such a lifestyle and such snares which keep you from the life you were created for and born to live out for His perfect plans and purposes. Closely related to this, and I do not claim to understand it all, is the issue which some have come to call generational curses. There is one scripture found in Numbers 14:18 which says, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, to the third and fourth generation. He will forgive the repentant and contrite in heart of their sin, but the rebellious will not find it because they don't seek it or want it. Again, in Exodus 24-5, 
The second of the Ten Commandments says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I the Lord your God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. A final and wonderful blessing to be taken away within this passage is that the Lord God can and does replace what has been taken from His sons and daughters, those saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My wife and I know a couple personally who can testify to this. Verse 25 says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain murdered him. God, who is the author of love and life, had compassion on them and gave Adam and Eve another child because Abel was murdered and taken away from them by Cain. Not only did they lose a son, but it was by the hands and heart of their other son. Their grief and sorrow were doubled, and the Lord had tender mercy upon them. When we lived in Lima, Peru for two and a half years, the father allowed me to teach at a Christian school for most of that time. My best student a young, respectful, polite, intelligent, Christian girl named Daniela, had developed cancer the year before we arrived there. She loved Jesus and testified about His goodness and faithfulness often, in public in front of audiences, and in private. The year after we moved back to the States, she died. She was only 15. Though we were grief-stricken by the news, we could rejoice all the more because we knew for certain she was in the literal presence of her and our, Lord and Savior for all of eternity. This isn't wishful thinking or some kind of fairy tale. It is a promise from Almighty God to His saints. We kept in touch with her parents and found out that, within a year or two, her mother and father, our friends in their mid-forties, were blessed with another daughter, just like Adam and Eve. God is good. And I can say Amen. To that because all of these wonderful truths were shared with me and shared with all of you, even as a result of someone hurting me, which led to me being comforted by the Holy Spirit, the Bible calls him our comforter, through a brother in church. And even though a couple of days later that same brother shared a joke with me that was improper to both find amusing and to share with another believer, or anyone else, for that matter, the Lord redeemed that situation by leading me to Genesis 4. Now I have been blessed by His Word and I trust many of you will be touched by what He has revealed in a very personal way also. Praise God who loves us and is calling us back to Himself while there is still time, if you will heed His merciful yet urgent call. As John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, who were cousins, began their public ministries with the same words, Repent, for the Kingdom of God is at hand, I echo them to you. God bless you.